0: Live from Area 51, this is Derailed Trains of Thought. Okay, hello Tim. Hello Nick. So, at first I wasn't sure where we
1: were and looked across the area and said it was Area 50 and I thought... Probably fifty one. Probably, um, it, it is hard. People think Area Fifty One is this big scientific place, but actually, all I see are rows and rows of box of boxes. Yeah. Of wooden boxes. It's they're, and they're all kind of around the same shape. It's kind of weird.
0: Yeah, it's, it's inconvenient. Yeah, but
1: yeah. as long as as long as we don't have anyone crashing in here and trying to kick us out or steal anything. Yeah, or
0: like those alien zombie things from that video game.
1: Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, we'll be okay. Yeah. So it's been a while. It has been a while. Um, Hi, damn At least since we recorded, anyway. You have a beard now. Yeah, I know. We've been stuck here for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that means. Okay, anywho. We
0: finally... We were, like, looking through the box and finally found some recording equipment and thought...
1: Come help us, please. <laughs> yes. Um, and it's about time, too, because this is a special occasion, Nick. Yeah, this is our uh, second um, anniversary. Hard to believe we've been doing this for two years now. Uh, yes. Especially as infrequent as it's become. What do you mean? We've been doing it <laughs> regularly, rest. once a month, mm-hmm. obviously. Obviously.
0: <laughs> well, today we thought, instead of doing any actual work, we just do a clip show.
1: Yes, because we have, we have plenty of resources, plenty of clips we can... Things may have forgotten about good old-fashioned, you know, chestnuts. Stuff that you may not even remember us talking about, but obviously we did. Yes. So uh, we dug back into the archives. We had lots of
0: time to go listen to all our episodes again, mm-hmm. and we picked the best of the things that have not been talked about. Yes,
1: exactly. So uh, what's what's first on our list there, Nick? Well, I
0: think we're going to uh, go revisit our episode um, when we talked about uh, feminism.
1: Feminism, right? Yes. It was a very good episode. It was a
0: very good episode.
1: Yes. Okay. Um,
0: and later in the episode, we had a couple guests on, but we we, we don't need couple, that part. No, yeah. Exactly. So okay. Well, let's let's listen then. Okay. So Tim, you you've heard of this uh, test, right? About whether things are um, whether things are girly or not. Well, not quite girly.
1: I mean, that oh. test is if they're wearing bonnets during the movie. Oh, right. Um, or if it's written by Jane Austen. Exactly. Um... Or during Jane Austen. Or a Jane Austen <laughs> based on a Jane Austen novel. Yes, yes, yes. yeah, obviously. No, or, if, or if it has Meg Ryan in it.
0: Meg Ryan works. Or if his own Lifetime.
1: <laughs> yes. Although that takes a certain kind of female. That's true. But anyway, it's kind of more aggressive feminism there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but what, what? Tell me of this test that you were thinking. Well.
0: About. I was introduced to it by our friend uh, Leah Angel, I believe. Okay. Who who has you that's know, not her name. Is it Leah Johnson now? Okay. It's yes. It's called the Betchel test. I don't know if that's how you say it. B e c h e l. Okay. It's kind of a test for movies to see if it has a certain amount of uh, females who are doing important things and not just being stand-ins for the plot. Okay. Um, yeah. And if I remember from my memory, and I might be missing one of the steps, but it's like two or three questions, very simple. One is: or Is there more than one female in the movie? And two, do they talk about things other than guys? Do they have uh, other aren't... wants, needs, desires? And I, and I can see the point of this. I mean, because many times they're the girlfriend, the they're dance basically the thrown in because they're supposed to be in there. It makes a good movie. Mm. Um, and they'll, they'll they'll say, you know, even good movies fall into this, like up, oh, okay, no girls and up. Oh. No, that's true. Um, it's not feminist. <laughs> it's a chauvinist movie um, <laughs> about two old guys. And I remember looking on one side, and you know, TV shows tend to pass much better than movies do. You have a lot more. You have time, and they have all their things they deal with.
1: Sure, yeah, that makes um,
0: sense. But sometimes I wonder whether it's even...
1: You no, know, I'm not a female. Oddly. Yes. I mean... Well, that's, yeah. Not that's, oddly, that's not... but <laughs> oddly. <laughs> but,
0: um, but I wonder, you know, I, I get the, the argument against... You know, they're always the damsel in distress. But part of me wonders... Is that always bad? Is it just a knee-jerk react? I mean, it's used a lot and sometimes in a cliche way. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure it's a a faulty well, story it, or
1: even or even anti-woman. Oh, well, it really depends in some ways, though, on your na- on your understanding of the nature of men and women, though. That's true. Because I mean, you you know, the author of Wild the Heart and his wife, you know, they they wrote a whole lot about this and that. You know, there's a certain part of a woman that wants to be pursued, that wants to be rescued or, or in something. Mm-hmm. And there'd be some feminists who'd be very strongly against that. Um, but other women would be like, yeah, I, I want to be sought after by a man. Well, I think what the, what they don't like is the weakness in the
0: damsel in distress. Yeah. And not necessarily that they don't want to be, mm-hmm. you know, protected or whatever, but it's the fact that they're helpless, the, the helpless damsel in distress. Right. Or damsel
1: who has no other ideas in their head besides, you know... And I, I've always... For me, I've always felt like in modern society, and this, you know, in the past, this may not have been the case, but I don't know that most men really have a problem necessarily with having a more strong-minded female character. You know, as long, sometimes when they try to do a strong-minded character, they go overboard, and she's, like, so aggressive that she becomes unlikable almost. Yeah. Which, that's a different issue. But, I mean... We talked about this some other time in regards to like female action heroes, because sometimes it becomes this huge deal and like, you know, characters like when Bray was coming out, it was going to be this huge deal that we have this princess character who's tough and, you know, wants to be independent, all this kind of stuff. But then at the same time, I think for most guys, if you have a good, solid action movie, if it's a good character, they're not it doesn't really bother us if it's female. I mean, there's lots of guys who like, you know, The Hunger Games, Legend of Korra, who have strong female characters. And
0: I wonder if it's not so much an issue with the reader. I don't think readers even think about it normally. I, 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 think, I don't
1: know that they do. Yeah.
0: I, well, some do, I'm sure. But I don't I'm, think it's a major concern for most people who's in it.
1: They just want a good story. Well, I suppose it, it's a crutch sometimes for the writer. Yeah. Well, I mean, genres certainly matters a yeah. lot. I mean, men are just always not going to be as interested in romances. Yeah. Um, but I think it's faulty to say that men are not be interested in action-adventure stories with a female protagonist. I, I think... I, th- I think Katniss kind of proves that wrong. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Hunger Games is kind of a big deal now. Yeah, I mean, and the I, movie comes out next week. Oh yeah, the movie! I can't wait to see the it movie. Honestly, Nintox is going to go midnight showing. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. It should be good from yeah. all accounts. Yeah, and I hear this Brave is supposed to be really good too. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, obviously, we're both men, so we'll have to talk. We'll have to take this over to one of our female uh, guests that which, we'll talk to, and she'll she'll go and she'll, she'll
0: she'll tell us what we got wrong. Yeah. Exactly. Okay.
1: So, that was an excerpt from our feminism. Yeah,
0: and if you want to hear the interview, really good interview, just go check it out a couple episodes back.
1: Yeah, I'm sure you can find it if you dig through our archives.
0: Yeah. All right, what's, what's next on Let's your see, list? Let's see, what's next? Um, oh, we had that really academic one. Oh, that yes. I, that I, I kind of had this, this um, deep need to talk about punctuation. Yes, and you know how it's changed over since Dickens. Time oh, because it's it's so undervalued nowadays. Well, like I've been teaching, I've been teaching my students, you know, just recently. And, you know, they just don't understand, you know, the semicolon. What's the use of it? Mm-hmm. So, um, so we tra- tackle that, and it's been quite a number of times ago. But yeah, I that- thought it was worth revisiting because I'm now teaching these students, and it, it just came up again. Sure, good to hear. All, All right. Yeah.
1: So the Oxford comma. Yes, tell me, I I know you've spent hours of research into how the comma was developed, so tell me more about that.
0: Well, what I would like to, well, we'll get to that. Okay. But really what I just want to know is, I don't know why newspapers in modern writing wanted to take out that last comma in the list. You know, it's like, eggs, Mm. comma, bread, and jam. When traditionally it's always been eggs, comma, bread, comma, jam. Wait, say that again? Originally, you know, a lot of new papers and stuff are trying to make it so it's eggs, comma, bread, and jam. Oh, no yes. No last
1: comma. No comma before the and.
0: Before the and, which I don't see what the purpose is. It's like, there's been this steady assault against commas since Dickens' times. Back in Dickens' time, every time you had a random pause, you just put a comma. Yeah. It made a lot of sense. Paul well,
1: I mean, Dickens, all those guys, and you just comma, comma, comma. Well, I th- I think it has something to do with the bigotry against run-on sentences. There's there's this there's there's this very bad impression in modern times that a run on like a sentence needs to come to an ending much earlier than it does. Whereas people like Paul, um, you know, like you said Faulkner. Dickens, yeah, I mean their their sentences would bust an entire paragraph. Yeah. At least, it's not half a chapter. And I think that I think because of this bigotry, the comma has been what very like, persecuted because like of it. most
0: of the woes of modern writing, I blame Hemingway. Hemingway, yes. So, I can't tell you how much I abhor Hemingway. He is one of the so worst. I, I, I just I won't even I'm I'm too much emotion. Uh, I, okay, I, I understand. We'll, so we'll, we'll move so on. So let's, to let's some... move on. Let's let's I'll come back to the comma. Yeah, you asked a good question about the history, but I thought maybe. Move we in the semicolon, which is also horribly underused now. Mm. I remember some guy first time he saw a semicolon in a presidential campaign uh, speech. Again, he thought we're getting back to literature. Yeah, and because he we can't during, have that now. Well, because during he was during the Bush administration, he said that you never saw semicolons. and now you see him again. And so it's kind of a re- renaissance in that very vital punctuation that you know when you don't want a full period,
1: but a comma just is a comma splice. Yes. So yes, yeah, semicolons are becoming an endangered species. And you know another big perpetrator against this texting. Man, I can't believe all the ways these kids these days use, use ridiculous uh, yeah, no, abbreviations yeah, and I, I, get whole,
0: I get whole essays. that have no vowels in them. And it just—it's ridiculous. I mean, well, I'm reading the essay on my phone because I told him to email me. Right. But still, it's not—it's not right. Yeah, no, you gotta. take that
1: much longer to add the, you know. The, Proper proper uh, capitalizations said, yeah. and and full words. Yeah, I, I'm totally with mean, you, Nick. BRB? But... Burb? What does
0: that mean? Who knows? I don't, I don't...
1: Kids these days. Ah,
0: man. So it, we kind
1: of we kind of got off tra- topic there a couple times.
0: A couple times, but really a lot of really solid stuff. about commas periods the the dash the long dash which mm-hmm. you know is a very vital part of a of a vibrant si- sentence and and a vibrant society and a vibrant society because punctuation is the glue that holds together the ideas that make culture exactly
1: i couldn't have said it better myself nick
0: it's a little long. That one ran a little over. It was like an hour and a
1: half, hour 40 minutes, I think. Yeah, and that's after I cut out like a good 40 minutes. Yeah, we have that sidetrack with the, yeah. the extra stuff. Mm-hmm. So if, if you are longing for the days of proper punctuation, if the abbreviation of texting just wounds your soul, you should check out this episode. And if it doesn't wound your soul... Then you shouldn't be listening yeah, to our I, podcast I at all. I don't,
0: I, don't, I don't know what you're doing here.
1: Okay. What's next in your your
0: What's oh, next okay. in your listening? Okay.
1: Sorry, I was, I had to recover.
0: Yeah. Um. Oh, we had that very interesting conversation um, about Looney Tunes. Yes,
1: this was a very in-depth discussion.
0: Yeah. So let's. We won't spoil it if you haven't heard it. Mm-hmm.
1: But um. Well, here it is. I think it's very clear that Wily Coyote is an elaborate metaphor for the story of Job. For the job, because think about how much he suffers and how much he goes through without really you know, much provocation. I mean, all he wants to do is is fill his stomach.
0: Well, that's interesting because at first you think Wiley Coyote. You know, the name makes you think more the the archetypal trickster god. You know, the Loki and the you know that sort of god. Exactly. But I think you're right that. That the creators have very cleverly played us. Yes. They made Wiley Coyote the suffering hero, mm-hmm. and they made um, the Roadrunner, who's apparently the good guy, the the tempter, the this satanic um, vision, the angel of light. Even. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just, I mean, the theological depth of that confusion. It, it's a very good postmodern view of the world where you don't know which way is right and which way is wrong. That you have this. And while Coyote, he's confused. He doesn't know which way to turn. He keeps turning to this acne device
1: or that acne device. And he's just trying so many things that don't feel what he really needs. Mm, it's, it's a materialism addiction is what the Roadrunner has has. Caused him to go through, and even a bit. I mean, I, there's even a little bit of a sadism sort of dwelt in that he continue even though he knows it's all futile. His his struggle, he continues to go through with this cycle of torture. Anyway, it's like,
0: it's like Paul says, you know, what I should do,
1: I don't do, and what I shouldn't do, I keep doing. Yes,
0: I keep on doing that. That yeah, he's just stuck and he can't move forward. It is pretty tragic. Yeah, I just, I I can't watch any of those without just. Feeling that
1: uh, just a, a pain, a, a burden for for mankind for the for the lost humanity. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And now, in contrast, it's very you know we shouldn't say that all the loons whose protagonists are not who they seem to be because Bugs Bunny truly represents the savior of the world. Yes. I mean, he he has literally saved the Earth from destruction. And what's so you know what's so great about Bugs Bunny is he has this this joy
0: welling up from inside of him. That he he always kind of knows what's going on. He has, you know, this sort of supernatural sense about what he should do in any situation. Mm -hmm. He's never really put off. He's content in this case, in that case. I mean, a very, uh... A role model for many, many uh, situations.
1: It is. It is very interesting to see how how Bugs is a much so patient, especially in the face of like a, one of his antagonists, like say Daffy Duck. Or, or Daffy is comp- is always he's full of anger and rage, and but Bugs is very calm and collected.
0: Well, in the in the he suffers so much persecution from people like Elmer Fudd, and he never he never gets down. He never you know he just. He keeps his chin up, even mm-hmm. despite this constant persecution from from these ignorant people who do not understand what he's trying to do.
1: Mm-hmm. And it is, and it really is uh, remarkable, too, how, you know, it is a metaphor for the Christian life. We are constantly meant to be pushing guns in people's faces I, and, and, you know, blowing their beaks off. I couldn't say, and then occasionally we'll just... We will start underground churches. Just get down and go to Seville and go, you know, pop back up. Mm-hmm. And occasionally, you know, we may take that that wrong turn at Albuquerque, but we know that eventually, even even after persecution, we will find the right path. All things work together for good. Ex- yeah, exactly. Man, um, that was
0: so deep. That, and there's just so much, you know, we've talked about if you have not we talk about you know the, the perversions of love with um, Pepe Le Pew, mm-hmm. and we got the the feeling the stranger in a strange land with Freddy um, Gonzalez.
1: And and there's we went into very de- detail about uh, the book of James and the taming of the tongue when it comes to Foghorn Leghorn, yeah. and how you know just your words can really really come back and, to hit you in the, in the rear end.
0: And just the 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 freeing um, creativity that God given us through um, you know Duck Dodgers. Yes. Kind of like that that those expand those uh, horizons just expand before us if we let them
1: Which, and just goes to show that even someone as corrupt as Daffy Duck can find the hero, the heroism inside himself if he has a uh, partner to help him find it yeah. so yeah. yeah very true excellent episode
0: yes really one one of, our, one of our deepest one yeah definitely
1: so what's next on your list
0: let's see here um oh a very practical one after our theological one way back when i don't know beginning of this year we did um, How to Beat Writer's Block.
1: And oh, yes. I remember hearing from a lot of people that really helped them move forward. And... Get through, because Writer's Block is something that a lot of us struggle yeah. with. Yeah. So,
0: okay, yeah, let's take. So we'll the... go to the meat of what we were going for.
1: Um, well, let's see. I had something I was going to say. Oh, wait. oh no, that wouldn't work.
0: Sometimes if you just... You just I, No, I know I said that I said that five minutes ago, yeah um I don't know yeah I, I I thought I was better prepared for this one yeah I
1: thought so too. you wanna go watch Rift tracks?
0: yeah, yeah that sounds good
1: okay okay, let's do it. okay. so that was our writer's block yeah. episode
0: yeah it was, it was it was you know we don't always get real practical and that one was really helpful, I yeah, think. yeah. I think this is. Oh, we got two more before our, our, our halfway break. Okay. What do okay, we got? first, um, you know, we, we want to talk about animals. We don't talk about animals all the time. And Not very often, no. And we thought we could do episodes and episodes in animals. Mm-hmm. You know, on the, on the dog, on the cat, on the turtle, you know. But we thought we'd just focus on those animals they
1: use in disaster movies, you know, which were vital to disaster. We can't oh, write yeah. one without them. So, we anyways. want to know how, how serious the disaster was without one. Yeah. So, all right, let's say listen.
0: All right, yeah. Here's one of the worst memories. Have you seen Dante's Peak? No. Okay. So I'm watching it with my family. Dante's Peak's
1: horrible, horrible movie. Um, just there, lots of bad stuff happening. Well,
0: it's 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 a volcano that explodes and it starts, you know, there's, there's a town in the base and it starts destroying everything and you know people trying to escape like any you know, that's disaster movie. And there's this place where there's like this acidic water. I don't even remember how it happens. And the grandma was trying to save like the kid and walking through and just dying. The grandma was just being eaten alive. Ugh. But the dog gets across, and then you think, well, at least the dog made it. I mean, my grandmother, who you know, served me snacks and put me to bed and babysat me, she's dead, horribly, horribly mangled. Her bones have been eaten of flesh, but the dog made it,
1: and I thought, at least that. Yeah, you always need that one little bit of hope in there. That that last bit of hope, because, Mm -hmm. you know, some people say dogs aren't people, but they are. They are. And, you know, that's why it was so important for that dog to survive in Independence Day. Exactly. I mean, the movie would have been horrible if the dog had died. I
0: mean, yes, you can say that the dog really, you never saw it before that point, that it didn't really play any part in the movie, but then you're, you're misunderstanding the metaphysical impact that a dog... Jumping all the way as hundreds of thousands of other people die, burned alive, screaming, wondering what happened.
1: That, well, that you know, that dog stands for all kinds of things. And we we know this is why that old Yeller is considered the most infamous, vilest, most hated movie in movie history. Like Walt Disney won't even release it anymore because everyone just hates that the dog died. Yeah, because if everything else goes wrong
0: and the dog lives, you know. The sun will come out tomorrow.
1: Oh man, that was an emotional I've, episode. Uh,
0: yeah, I just—I'll be right back and go up and hug my dog. Okay.
1: Oh, you're back. How's that, Lenny? Great. Yeah, I just had to pet her a little bit and give her a little treat, and that's good. Yeah. All right. She's alive. So. I think we need to get to a, a much more manlier topic. Yes, now. manlier
0: topic. So we, you know, we we'll start off this recap with uh, feminism. We're, we're going to start end with something much more um, Michael Bay. Yes, I agree. So this is from the episode. You all, you all
1: remember this. One. This is this is a favorite. We got scores of letters just praising us for the glories of this episode. Explosions. Why are they so awesome? That was awesome. That was
0: awesome. All right.
1: Yeah, that was that was cleansing. That was cleansing. That was. If we can get every episode as good as that yeah, one, yeah, then
0: we'll have made it. We'll, you know, we'll be the top of our
1: game. Yep, I, I couldn't agree more. So, Tim, uh, you wanna do our first soundtrack? Okay, let's go on the soundtrack. fun since this is the second anniversary and all and it's sort of a clip show we have I had a dual meaning for picking this this is actually the song that we originally used for the soundtrack intro our first little soundtrack jingle so you'll it'll sound a bit familiar this is called late night sneaking it's from the game jet set radio which i guess the original game uh had some clips from different movie stuff in it too and or, so or the music was very Was very kind of techno y kind of like this. Yeah. So it was very inspired by this. The remixer is Happy Bivouac or Happy Bivouac or something like that. I got the unpronounceable name this time. Um, But yeah, it's fun. It's a classic. Hope you enjoy.
2: What's going on? What's going on? I don't understand what's going on.
1: That's a really fun song. That's it's a remix that I think I really just burst out laughing the first time I heard it. <laughs> it's very very catchy. Yeah. Um so next we're going to what we well, call this. Well, we're still doing clip show stuff oh, really. yeah. It's just we we'll talk we're talking about clip shows that were part of our take on tales.
2: Throughout the summer,
0: you know, every episode we would do some take on tale and mention some movie. Yeah. Um, So we thought we'd we'd put put some of those clips together
1: and kind of give you a review of... Of this summer's movies. Yes. So I feel like largely this summer has been kind of about two movies, uh, Avengers and The Dark Knight Rises. Which
0: are both equally entertaining, but very, very different. Yeah. Like, I don't
1: think you can really... You know, some people ask, which is better? I don't know if that's a valid question. I mean, they both serve different purposes in a sense. I almost wonder if Avengers might have been slightly more successful in audience satisfaction, if only since like Avengers, you got exactly what you had wanted to see in it, pretty much. You know, you wanted yeah. to see the heroes kind of fight and well, then take down the bad they, guy. They,
0: they built up, you know, each movie in, I mean, which is actually a genius yeah. genius move of marketing. I don't think we've ever seen
1: anything quite like it in but, terms of so movie
0: making. With all the characters, except Possibly the Hulk, yeah. Depending on your take on his various movies, yeah. Um, which I never I've, saw the
1: second one. I've I've actually seen either one of them. Um oh, which, I haven't
0: seen either actually either.
1: Which I think is half the problem. I think I mean we're comic book people and we we couldn't get excited about the Hulk movie. Kind of like how I can never get excited about Spider Man this year. Yeah, I, I never went and saw that one. I know uh, one our most faithful listener Greg really liked it. I've heard uh, good stuff about it. I've heard it's just, uh, but it was like in a movie that had the Avengers, and the culmination of Christopher Nolan's Batman trilogy, it really just kind of got lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Which, actually, I'll throw this out here now. You know, even after we did a recap last for our last uh, re- anniversary thing, remember, we still never actually talked about one of the movies we saw last summer, which was Pirates 4, Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, yeah. See, that's yeah. another movie. Like, it came out that summer, you it just kind of came it kinda, and
0: it went. Yeah, it, it wasn't bad,
1: but it wasn't. But it didn't, really stick, it didn't really stick with you. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Avengers, I felt like people really got what they were looking for. Dark Knight Rises, people mostly enjoyed, but there was some... I think the people who didn't like it was because there was some aspect of it that didn't go according to their expectations.
0: Because it was very... I mean, Avengers, for the most part, was a pretty straightforward movie. The hard part for, for Josh Whedon was just to make all the characters... Awesome. Yeah, have, have, give them given them of Which you did, did an amazing job on, made yeah, them all awesome. It couldn't have
1: been easy. No.
0: These are all big personalities. And that was fun. That was fun. The fun of that movie is watching the characters play off each other. Dark Knight Rises is obviously a much more dark, serious movie. Mm-hmm. And it's just a very complex, I won't say ambiguous, but
1: complicated mm-hmm. in the themes and the angles and the. Christopher Nolan expects you to follow a lot of stuff and in some cases really connect the dots into like how a person got here and stuff like that. I mean, because I think there were some people that who enjoyed it, but point out a number of what they thought were plot holes online. It's like, uh, if you really think about it, I don't really see them being plot holes. I think I can fill those in pretty easily just going off of assumptions I was making as the movie went on. Yeah, he likes to build puzzles. I mean, yes. his movies are puzzles. Yeah. And he doesn't want to hand you anything. Mm-hmm. To me,
0: that's why I loved watching it. You know, it's a this, you know, two and a half hour movie. And I always say about two hours, unless it's a good movie, I start being like, okay, let's get done with this. But, you know, I'm, I'm hooked for
1: all of it. It moves, I mean, it's remarkably lean yeah. for being that long. I mean, there's so much that
0: happens.
1: I don't think I could point to any part and say that could have been trimmed or something. It all felt... Like it was important for. The he had movie. all nice callbacks, and you know we have all this, the mm-hmm. you know,
0: French Revolution stuff. You know, just you know all these questions. He doesn't necessarily answer you know the thematic questions. He just kind of mm-hmm. lets them play out, which I think annoys some people. Some
1: people like when they have you know mm-hmm. discussions about them. I I read a really interesting uh, review in World Magazine, which I think has is always a refreshing place to to read. Stuff. Is that the
0: one no, never no, mind, I don't think it's all that.
1: Well, I thought it was interesting that it pointed out, because this is a, you know, kind of a conservative Christian um magazine that Christopher Nolan had said that the questions that he wanted to raise with this movie were ones that he wanted to go there or people were going there or something like that. And the magazine was, was sort of speculating, well, maybe a lot of times when Holly says, we people just don't want to go there. they they're talking about something too edgy. In this case, it was sort of, Exploring the ramifications of what a lot of people in Hollywood might believe, mm-hmm. like the whole uh, re- like redistributing redistrib- the, the wealth. You know, and, yeah.
0: you know, and what what is the purpose of wealth
1: and, and oh, of capitalism? Yeah, like there's that, and it pointed out, you know, that scene where like Bruce Wayne is like, "Well, why aren't we supporting the orphanage anymore?" And they're, and they're like, "Well, Wayne Corp doesn't have profits anymore, yeah. and if the corporation can't doesn't have profits, we can't donate to charity."
0: Well, it's interesting that in in some ways Gotham fell apart. Partly because of the lies and stuff from the previous movie. Right. But partly because Bruce Wayne stopped being Bruce Wayne. Like, he stopped being the millionaire mm-hmm. that invested
1: in things and made things. And It is interesting. And to a certain extent, Gotham City did go, was okay for a while without Batman. But it wasn't okay without Bruce Wayne. Yeah, which is
0: a very interesting. Yeah, and, and I think that exploring of what the purpose of bruce wayne was what the purpose of batman was what the purpose of all this disc- all this discontent at lower
1: levels is it is it noble is it not yeah how much of a point do they have i mean you don't ever discredit the people who are feeling the pains of of yeah. economic recession i mean a lot of this year i was not you know underpaid or underworked really just you doing part-time jobs i have a full-time one now which i'm grateful for but still you know, this is after student loans and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I understand how people feel pinched. Oh yeah, completely. And I don't and I don't and the interesting it didn't seem to downplay like Catwoman's character who
0: had been down and out on those people, but it kinda of asked the question, is their solution
1: a good solution? Yeah, it basically tears society apart. Yeah, and then
0: and then Bain just kind of played with whatever people wanted I mean he didn't he didn't care what happened as long as everything went
1: Right, Hot. and I think there were some people who were kind of disappointed that Bane didn't believe everything that he was because they they really like having a villain that has a good point, and then which I don't know if there may have been some of that that he actually believed.
0: Yeah. And I think he's you know like a lot of leaders with power they say what whatever. motivates the people. Mm-hmm. You know that that happens quite a bit. Whatever makes whatever gets the people on their side and riles them up and right. So anyway, a very. I really enjoyed that movie.
1: Yeah, and I'll and I'll throw out here too. I really did like. I had a big problem with the Dark Knight ending the way it did with basically the Batman and the police lying to the whole public. And I was really happy to see the ramifications of that play out in this movie.
0: I semi-related. I thought it was very interesting that at the end, you have this giant scene of policemen charging the enemy. Which you you never see. A, police are not necessarily ever put in that
1: sort of position in a movie where they're like the... The the righteous. The, the, yeah. yeah. You know, not, not that they're always put down, but they're... Yeah, it's as heroic as they are in this movie. Yeah. Now, I, mean, I will grant the people that it was kinda of ridiculous to have the entire police force down in the sewer. I agree. Yeah. It's like that that is one plot hole I can kind of you mean, a point there. They, but, I mean, there are things that are kind of done
0: for the sake of the idea. I think Christopher Nolan cares more about his ideas sometimes than
1: strict plausibility. Which becomes tricky in a when his franchise is kind of trying to make Batman as realistic as possible. Yeah, so, yeah he pushes the envelope a little bit. But yeah. But I thought it was very fun. So, and I don't know if I could pick necessarily point out to say which one, Avengers or Dark Knight Rises, is the best one. They they were both good for different purposes. Yeah, I, I agree there. What about but I get I get more talking points out of Batman. <laughs> this is this is very true. <laughs> this is very true. All right, so real quick, let's touch on some other ones um, from the summer. Brave is probably the only one I actually really didn't see a whole lot of movies this summer. Was Natasha likes
0: to see movies, so we go see movies.
1: Yeah, so you have got a lot. Of, I know you saw a lot that I didn't see, but Brave was. A good Disney movie. I'm not sure it was a great Pixar movie.
0: Yeah, it was weird because I watched it, I liked it, but I couldn't. I couldn't love it.
1: Mm-hmm. I can't really pinpoint exactly why. It just seemed a little too safe, maybe. It, it's yeah, it seemed a little fam- too familiar. I mean, they did a good job in avoiding some of the plot holes, or not plot holes, pitfalls that could have come with having a story yeah. that this would made it be more cliche. Like it, I mean, it was really good that she realized how much trouble she'd caused and yeah. she apologized yeah. for Yeah, I was like glad that. that it
0: was not just
1: just the, the parents, parents are evil. Yeah, the parents are dumb and yeah. the kid knows what he wants. Yeah, um, was, I was really happy about that. But for a Pixar movie, it really skirted the boundaries of being really close to what we have something that we have seen before, yeah. and that was unfortunate. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful movie. Oh, yeah.
0: And, I, don't know, and I, I guess just personally, animals as main characters doesn't... I'm sure it was still handled better than Brother Bear. Well, I've never seen Brother bear. Well, I know, and it wasn't bad. And actually, it was kind of fun at the end that there was the mother bear, you know, yeah, you know, what it was literal and not just a figurative mm-hmm. turn of phrase, yeah, protecting her cub. So it, it, a lot, lot of neat ideas. It Just it wasn't necessarily that anything was wrong. It's just, just some things seemed to be lacking. Yeah, just some oom mm, for some and some for e, you know,
1: because the best Pixar's have such an ease about them of being just completely their own thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Which and I still haven't seen Cars 2, Have you? I finally did see it. Yeah. Did you finally see it? What did you think of it? <sighs> that one was the
0: plot was it rehashed some stuff. You know, it's like the are friends and they get broken up and there's some evil nefarious plot and I it it was not. It felt more like a except for the way it was done, which again, you know, Pixar's animation is insanely awesome. Sure. Um, it felt more like a two DVD sort of story. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if it's quite that level, but it was not real memorable. It's like it had a lot of clever attempts, but none of them made a. It didn't have the emotional resonance. You know, yeah. like Wally, uh um, right. Incredible have this. You have connections. You know, and this it just felt like a kind of a forced. Kind you know, of fun. For, you break. Yeah, it's kind of fun. You know, but the they you know kind of this forced breakup between the friends and get together and you know does made her is made her dumber or not? You know what what do people think about them and yeah. Kind oh. of stuff that's been done before. Yeah. What I mean, you can't make something completely new, but it just yeah, it didn't it didn't impress me particularly. Okay, I was just curious. Um I saw
1: a couple different movies. I saw Prometheus. I was really tempted to see Prometheus because I but it was tricky for me because I I enjoy Alien and Aliens, but at the same time I wasn't sure I wanted to see him on a big screen. <laughs> um that and I, I figured it would have some weird dumb evolution aliens are the origin of man kind of stuff is what it seemed like what (laughs) oh wait yeah that's true um (laughs) come on that's like the sci-fi like big reveal that every sci-fi book does (laughs) um it's like i'm not sure why they think it's original anymore i mean ballon 5 did i mean yeah
0: well, they did the angels. Yeah, I guess they weren't. They were. They evolved themselves in Babylon Five,
1: but the yeah. angels and the god were at least Babylon Five had this like very could build this very massive universe around it. I mean, it made I made sense with the with the Vorlons and stuff. Yeah, too. yeah. I mean, it it was big enough that I I didn't mind too much. But
0: yeah. well, I, I had seen Alien Aliens forever ago. I mean, ages ago. I think Brian Churchill. Showed them to me originally. Yeah, because okay, all yeah. all movies that I should watch. I see it from Brian and <laughs> Um and enjoy. Um, that's where I saw Godfather and other such things. The first thirty minutes, I was in love with, because we saw it for Father's Day. Dad wouldn't go to the movie. All the guys went. <laughs> Later on, Dad and Zach were asking, "Why did we go to that?" Uh, because they don't <laughs> like tension. They don't like. You know, suspense and that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's exactly. I could have told you that's was, exactly
1: the wrong kind of movie. I, I
0: know they knew it, but it was the best thing on at the time. They wanted to go, and, uh, yeah. but the first half hour is like an old school sci-fi movie. You know, they get in an old ship. There's a cryostasis. There's the big shots. You know, it's like 2001 sort of style. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is. Good. I haven't seen like an actual hard science fiction movie for ages. Uh-huh. I mean, everything's kind of even if it's science fiction, it's fantasy. Mm-hmm. Or space opera, which I love, but... Sure. But then it got a lot of that gore monster stuff. It was just too much for me. Too much just disgusting, mm-hmm. you know, things crawling people's mouths, in their nose, people yeah. doing dumb things. You're like, why did you do that? Forced C-section that she does on herself. Yeah. It's just crazy. I, it was too much for me. Okay. I think some of the ideas were neat. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the characters felt like... like they, there was more that they were supposed to do but they it got cut out or something i don't know i feel like some of the characters didn't quite reach their potential like there was something they were in theory going to do and they never did uh uh-huh. um so at the end that was kind of uh, i mean see there's a certain
1: there's a certain populace of sci-fi people that really like the kind of gory stuff i mean like i've i've seen people with who will ha- make a cake with the like the, chest the burst, burst or the gun. alien came out of the stomach sort of thing that's honestly one of my least favorite parts of the first Alien. I mean, it it's memorable, but it, and it, and I mean, it's it's scary, but it's not the part I enjoy. But you
0: do, you just do it. You know, there's only one or two big things. It's just seems like there's a lot of stuff I want to turn away from watching it. Yeah, uh-huh. and I, I I don't like that sort of stuff, so uh, you know, I'm probably turn away more than other people. Mm-hmm. If you like aliens and you don't mind gore, it I think it's an interesting movie, and well filmed and everything. But I don't know. I just felt like it was. Not quite what I would what I would like to have seen. Okay. Total Recall, which was I heard kind of popcorn, generic. Generic, kind of yeah. I, I, I won't try to explain it, it; take too long. But at some point, I'm like, like the entire plot stopped making sense to me. Huh. Like, and you, and like you they, watched like, Doctor
1: Who, where there's yeah, lots of weird well, okay. So terms. they
0: want to capture this guy so that he kind of does this double cross and reveals to them information, but they didn't want him to remember who he was either. And So there's no way for him to do the double cross unless he remembers who he is. So there seem to be two missions about him that contradicted both from the same evil guy. It didn't make any sense to me. So I don't know. It was yeah, it could've been it could've been a lot better. I haven't seen the
1: original. But Well listeners, if you can explain to Nick, please leave us a yeah. comment. Yeah. Let,
0: I will him. I will take it. I, like after I'm talking to Natasha, I'm like, I I don't uh huh? So exactly. <laughs> um Snow so you White
1: Huntsman I went to see. Uh-huh.
0: Which was interesting. See, this is a
1: very one-sided discussion. I, I haven't know. seen like almost anything. because well, you have a oh, we were talking before. You have a movie part. Yeah, Natasha loves
0: movies. Actually, I probably see a lot less movies than I was not married to Natasha. <laughs> um, she loves movies, and these were ones she wanted to see. The Snow White one was interesting, very stylistically, very very cool, and and actually much more balanced than I thought it would be. As in, not only did they have this evil dark forest and all this, but they had a a light version, like with fairies and oh, goodness. Cool. And I was really impressed with this kind, of, sort of, you know, because normally we normally have magic and it's all dark uh-huh. and you don't have much of this light stuff where you do it just the main character's you right. know, heart or something like that. Um, again, another movie that kind of just falls apart at the end, I feel like. I don't understand the last, how the last 15 minutes works logically. The Snow White in it, husband yeah. okay. But visually, it was really, it, it was really cool. Okay. Emotionally satisfying at the end, you're like it just it just kind of muddled,
1: like the logic of it's kind of muddled.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Expendables two I saw probably not much you can say about that.
0: Not you? much. I would say the first one's better.
1: Really? Okay. Well, I just saw this the first one this summer.
0: So... The first one was really entertaining, just for what it is. Uh-huh. The second one feels too in jokey. Oh really? Like I mean, there were jokes in the first one, but this one feels like at some point you don't know how much
1: of it's you know in the style of the and how much of it's a parody. Uh-huh. They, it really, they, might, they might have gone too parody in this yeah, one and, it,
0: and it, it starts confusing you about how serious you're supposed to take things that you know
1: yeah. are not really easy to take seriously anyways in the style but Expendables worked in one way because it was it played it very straight even yeah. though you knew it was completely ridiculous and that's but... why I, and I love it and I love and actually just from a technical point of view the conclusion the,
0: the finale the last act of the first one, I enjoyed a lot more than I enjoyed the final act of this one. Oh, really? I just like the explosions, the actions, a lot more in the first one than in the second. Okay. And thats I think that's not necessarily a flaw. That's just a preference. Mm. But I i did think it was too parody-ish. Okay. I mean, they were funny, but then it kind of took away from mm-hmm. the movie, so it was hard to...
1: Yeah. It was just... It was confused signals. That makes sense. All right. That's what we got. I spent most of my summer watching Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> Which I know you enjoy. I did very much
0: Hi, right, we're back. So that was our uh, discussion on movies that we had had well, like an episode or two ago. Yeah,
1: not that long ago, really. Yeah, because someone just got over. Yeah. So, so one more real quick clips segment. I think we're gonna throw in for you. This was and This is the most heated discussion we yeah, ever no, had. On normally, the show. Tim
0: and I are like, yeah, I agree.
1: Oh, I agree with you. No, yeah.
0: you agree. <laughs> but this one. Yeah, yeah, it was Natasha. Kind of had to break us apart eventually. Yeah, eventually. So,
1: yeah, we,
0: we'll 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 probably stop it before we get to the part where we start yelling. There's a couple fists thrown.
1: Yeah, um. yeah. Okay. Uh. Uh. Okay, Tim. Those are fighting words. Because no, 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 I'm wait, serious. Wait, no, I am no. dead serious about this. Uh, Look, Tim, you're wrong. How can I be wrong? Everyone knows. Everyone, Nick, everyone knows that Curious George is better than Frog and Toad.
0: Tim, 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 Tim. By everyone, you mean the mass of unwashed people who just believe whatever is told to them, okay? No, have you read Frog and Toad? Have you sat down and read it? Uh,
1: I think I had. No, a, no,
0: see, I think no. I read it, you're, like, way you're back You're being a... influenced by childhood memories of this Curious George character, okay? Okay. Here, here's lay, lay it Frog, on. Frog and Toad. True story. I used it to teach short stories in class because it has... The college students? Seriously? No, with my eighth graders. But oh. it was a little hard to pull off from the college students. Thought about it. Okay. Um, no, okay. First off, there's such great camaraderie and humor in it. They're frog and toad, but they're really you and me. Mm-hmm. Okay. But there's, there's, this, there's this smirk that comes through all the writing, and it's such simple, clear writing. It's like, okay, toad and frog go swimming. Oh ring See, this is what you don't understand. You're hooked on the sensationalism of, S- of, sensational- of disobedience, of rebellion. No, 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 no. No, so Curious George, all he does is... Okay, I just read DeFeo. So the man with the yellow hat it's like, Hey, George, it's three years since I stole you from the jungle. Happy what? birthday. Here's she- your bicycle. And then he says, have fun with your bicycle. I'm going to go. Don't get in trouble. Okay, he's had Curious George for three years and he's saying goodbye with a bicycle don't get in trouble the man with the yellow hat is either the most dense person on the face of the planet or he's a comp- parent unfit for a
1: monkey which is saying a lot you are completely misunderstanding the entire purpose of this story the man in the yellow tell hat me, tell, it, tell me the man in the yellow hat is a savior he represents jesus now you see he rescued Curious George from this very, very dangerous jungle. I mean, have you ever been in the jungle, Nick? You've been in Brazil, right? I've been
0: in the jungle, yes, Tim.
1: You know, yes. there's... Then you know, it is full of of wild animals that would love to eat monkeys. So, eat so wait, monkeys. Let me finish here, you Nick. Sound like let, a, let, you let, sound like, a, like an English professor
0: who's, like, taking green eggs and ham, and making it about some great nonsense.
1: You're go- you're overreaching. Just listen to what I'm saying to you, Nick. I'm listening. I'm li- okay. Okay. I'll,
0: I'll 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 try to understand. The
1: curious George is is consumed with curiosity, and aren't we all? You know, we test our the boundaries of our world because we are trying to understand what it is all about. We're confused. We're lost. We you know this is this place is not our home. Even though you know sometimes as we are seeking to understand things, we may mess up, but our savior, the man in the yellow hat, is willing to come and forgive us and help us clean up whatever we've done wrong. It is the most fundamental message that any child could learn. Okay, first off, the man in the yellow hat is negligent
0: and basically gets up, sends Curious George off to do what? Okay, I read another story. He, he's shopping, the man in the yellow hat's shopping. George gets up, runs away. Tours all of New York City, comes back and the young man, man in the yellow hat's like, "Where have you been? It's been like six hours." Not only that, but in the one I just read, he's, Curtis he, George is at this traveling zoo and the zoo people are like, "Hey, Curious George, you can work for us," which sounds kind of creepy. It's kind of a you know creeper vibe, but don't feed this ostrich because he'll eat your had. What? And you know what Curious George does? He feeds the that is blatant rebellion, sinful. This is like, yeah. hey, Eve, don't eat this apple. Oh, I'll go eat that apple. That sounds great. He almost kills the ostrich. It says the ostrich was getting blue in the face.
1: You know, you, he's a he's a he's you know, a maniac. Okay, you you know you're meanwhile
0: and Toad. Listen, frog
1: no, no. and Toad. You, you, frog and Toad. I can't. I can't. I look not you
0: Toad. This. you have like friendship that cannot be denied. It's this deep bond. Look, Toad loses his button. Okay, you know he what you're saying button. about the animal no, having intelligent.
1: No. People could say could call God Neligent because he just left us here on this planet by ourselves. But no, he is he comes he helps helps us with our needs. Sure, we're always gonna mess up. We're inherently sinful. Frog and Toad, yeah, they, they're friends, but what do they really do together? They oh, waste all their oh, time no, like no, look at fishing okay, and okay, stuff. Do no, they help no. the poor, Nick? Do Frog and Toad ever help the poor of the animal kingdom? No, they just Does eat- Curious George help the poor? Does,
0: cu- answer that. Does Curious George help the poor? Answer me. Curious George no, 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 is no. a kid. You okay. expect kids... Frog and Toad are frogs and toads. Okay, look, you, listen... They listen, have their listen, own listen, houses. Listen, they're listen, is they're is adults. Ser- <laughs> listen to the servanthood nature of Frog and Toad. Fro- toad loses his button, okay? He's really upset about this. He gets really mad. He's hopping mad. And Toad goes with them, and they've already walked. They're exhausted. And he goes back to every spot and keeps looking and looking and looking, looking, looking and looking and looking, then he finally finds it for him. So, and so that's just, just self giving. And then Toad, in thankfulness and in, in happiness, goes, takes all the other buttons they found and makes a new coat for Toad. It's this, it's this kind of, it's like, it's like a picture of
1: Ruth, this sort of give and take, this perfection on earth. Why didn't Frog just buy him another button? He was gonna, if he was so generous, he could have, he didn't have to waste okay, see, his time. See, see, this was all over this what for a curious single George, button. Okay, who cares Ge- about a button? It doesn't Curse, mean anything.
0: Curious George, you're bought into this materialism. Curious George, all he's doing is getting stuff, getting stuff, getting stuff. Cur- Frog and Toad they live in
1: nature. They're in communion with the simple things of life. Okay? Okay, Tim? You, you, hey, okay, I think you're okay. just prejudiced against monkeys because they're from prejudice Africa. Prejudice against monkeys? <laughs> Seriously? My wife I'm... had a monkey. Well, no, my wife it's... had a monkey. And you were jealous because you didn't have a monkey growing up. And I so have nothing to, to do to with it. my yes, it does. It it's totally so it ah! Man. I don't know what came over us that episode. Yeah, Tim, if I haven't apologized, um, I got a little heated. Yeah, we both went a little far. Curse George is a nice story. It's a a good story. Yeah, Frog and Toad is. I enjoyed it. Yeah, that's all right. Now,
0: you know, that that little bear. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. little bear. Yeah, Yeah. who
1: cares about him? Okay.
0: Anywho. So, so. okay. Well, that was our recap episode. Mm -hmm. I hope you enjoyed. uh, You know, so you can relive some of those great moments that you may have missed.
1: Yeah, yeah, they were some of our favorites, and we know some of the fans love them. And in case you hadn't heard them, go back, listen through all our episodes, and tell us what you think. Yes, we w- we would love to hear, and
0: yes, we'd love to
1: hear. All so. right, so man, I'm I'm kind of exhausted after reliving all those wonderful I memories. Mean, oh
0: man, we've had a good year, Tim.
1: We have had a good year. It's like the end of a uh, a plowfield.
0: It was a good day. It was a good day. Okay. So, um, contact info. Clond. Contact- <laughs> 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 well how what would you do for a Klondike bar ok contact info Tim
1: <laughs> Right. our our web address as you all know is derailedtrainsofthought.blogspot.com our email is derailedtrains at gmail.com subscribe to us on iTunes and keep listening I think next time and promote us on Twitter and Facebook and all over the place else. yeah right, we Send we'll, postcards we'll have soon. some exciting news for you coming up soon so I guess I'll uh, yeah. close out here close us out
0: we'll... ok I, uh, for my soundtrack, I actually just picked something kind of random because I didn't have any good. We had I had so many emotions and memories that I didn't really have anything good that popped up. So I thought I'd just go with um, good Super Mario Brothers. Um, it's a remix called the Two Two Blues. It's remixing the underwater music. Um It's done kind of in the style of a uh, Randy Newman Toy Story thing, and I guess you know we talk about Pixar some in one of our sections, so or, know, it works. It's kind of peaceful and. Different for me. It's a remix by Brental Floss, mm-hmm. which I guess is relatively famous outside of In the internet, internet, gaming
1: community, sort yeah. of. So it's a little different for me. I was down to do some maze, dude. It's but. very calming, especially after that kind of that last clip was yeah, kind of heated. Well, kind of heated. So. so, all right. Well, let's hope
0: it, this should be good. And maybe we can find a way out of this
1: warehouse without the
0: game shot.
1: Yeah, that'd be good. I'm hearing some like Russian voices outside. I don't, I think that's a bad sign. I, I agree. Well, this has been Nick. And this is Tim. Uh, Until next time. Adios. Bye.
2: you free. But until then, I'll keep on swimming in the sea. Now every Time, I think I found you, baby girl. You're in someone else's castle.